Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. These series are hosted by Arvid Bhatt, a triple accredited master coach and expert on the leadership brain and personality. He's worked with over 500 CXOs of multinational companies. Besides his work as an executive coach, he's an author and public speaker. Every episode contains a 15-minute masterclass with in-depth knowledge and a practical case study. Follow our series and become an expert on leadership yourself. Welcome to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. Episode 9, Strategy. Welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. Today I'm going to explain everything about strategy. Do you have any suggestions to further enhance this podcast? Please email me using podcast at true-leadership.com. Strategy descends from the military and tactical field. In the old days, it was all about the art of war. So what does a strategist do? To understand this, we should have a close look to the battlefield in order to understand it fully. First, there is a serious crisis going on, namely the war itself. We've learned that pain and urgency are basic needs for leadership to strive. So on this battlefield is a need for leadership. But what kind and where? Try to envision this with two groups of soldiers fighting each other. The small groups work from a really direct order. Bomb the house. Kill these people. Or something similar. People in higher ranks are concerned with larger groups of soldiers. So a captain might say, let's put the battalion in place to free the townhouse from its oppressors. But who's ultimately in charge? It's the general that initially decides that a war can solve the problem. A strategist is always concerned with the questions, where are we going with this collective? And what is it we get when we arrive that benefits this collective and is worth the pain and effort? What do we learn from this? That a strategist should always understand what the collective goal is to begin with. In the military that might be easier than in a company. Because why are people working at a certain company? Is it to make money for themselves? Is it just a selfish and egocentrical perspective? Or do people need each other in order to succeed, like in a soccer team? As a goalkeeper you can be very talented, but most certainly you won't win the World Cup in a one-man team. I think at this point we understand that the first step for every successful strategist is find out what the collective need is. In the soccer team that can be very easy, win the World Cup. So now what? Is the strategy just to win it or is the strategy more complex? I would say that strategizing means that you have a plan in place that will show the route to each common goal. I would say that strategizing means that you have a plan in place that will show the route to reach the common goal. But why do you need a plan? And what is it about? Well, there is something standing in between the collective and its common goal. And that can be literally everything. Or even a combination of factors that obstruct the collective from being successful. Here we see the second step for a successful strategy. Name the obstacles that prevent the collective from reaching their common goal. Let's stay with the soccer team. The obstacles could be strength and team play. So the assumption here is that if we're able to dissolve these obstacles, the World Cup is a no-brainer. And that's why it's so important to make a good inventory of the obstacles. Almost in every situation where strategy failed, 
the leader wasn't able to define and name all the obstacles. As a business CEO, you can state that you need new solutions and sufficient investments in order to change the company. But one of the obstacles could be a proper economy to strive in. So a simple coronavirus could destroy your plan. You wouldn't be able to foresee this virus, but you need to see all non-controllable factors as a liability for success. Now we understand all the obstacles, you can paint a picture. A picture that shows the common goal, the obstacles, and the path you think will lead the collective through the obstacles. Let's call this your vision. It's the third step in creating a strategy. The next step is the most underestimated one, and that is to convince the collective that your vision is worth to change for. Because a collective in need for different results will always have to change their behavior, and people don't like that at all. So a leader needs to bring a very specific energy to the table in order to make them believe. And it's called inspiration. A strategist unable to inspire his collective is useless by definition. Remember the one-person soccer team with just a goalkeeper. That's a strategist without an inspired collective. As soon as the collective accepts your vision, you will be able to move forward. The last two steps are a lot simpler. In step 5 you need to find the talents that can manage subparts of your collective strategy. That's your team of captains that will ensure success within the subcollective. You set out the route for the collective, but they need to figure out how to get there in time. Don't step into the pitfall as a leader to decide on the how. Just define the goal and the route. They'll manage the rest. Probably better than you could ever do. And the final step? Measure, measure, measure. Your vision is based upon sensitivity, upon experience, and a very small part of it is based on knowledge. But it won't be written in stone and without measurements, chances of winning the World Cup are close to none. For now, let's see what the six steps of a functional strategy are. 1. Find and understand the common goal for the collective you're leading. 2. Analyze the obstacles preventing the collective from reaching this goal. 3. Create your vision that shows the goal, objectives and route past them in one picture or story. 4. Inspire the people within the collective to work towards this picture. They need to be intrinsically motivated to get there. 5. Find your captains and decide on the teams that are able to execute your plans. 6. The last step for you is to measure continuously. Measure outcome, but most of all, measure behavioral change. Because without a change of collective behavior, you will never reach a change of outcome. Practical case study A practical case study with Madeline. She was hired to change the company. But after a few months she was close to a burnout and completely demotivated. Whatever she tried, nothing worked. Her background was in business analytics and Madeline absolutely nailed her observations. But as with many analytical tools, she forgot to measure and check the cultural aspects of this company. This resulted in a mismatch between her goals and the collective needs. Before Madeline entered the company, three leaders tried to take on this task before her. So people were extremely tired fed up with external know-it-alls and just wanted to consolidate the current status. What we did in our coaching is working on Madeline's own behavioral change, not based upon her own wishes but on suggestions from people within the collective. After eight months, the measurable outcome was significant. That didn't mean that the strategy was done, but it gave her the ability to connect with the people on another level. 
Now she was able to define shared goals and build towards a new strategy. The first obstacle was culture, and she had already invested in this by showing people how she, as a leader, was able to lead this change by showing this behavior herself. Being vulnerable, asking for suggestions, and taking the time to build up trust for the new approach. Madeline struggled with strategy, and we had some fired-up debates on this subject. She wanted to analyze, decide, and change. But that, in reality, never works. You need to create acceptance from the collective for your strategy. More than once, I had to remind her that taking time was in her benefit, and thus in the collective interest. Ultimately, she was able to change the company in a way that met the needs of the people within it. Some of them left, a lot of them changed. But the real secret? It took about five years, and a lot of strategic changes based upon measurements. Let's end this episode with the most important thing that came up. Strategy is simply explained in six steps, but two of them are crucial. The first one is to make sure the people within a collective embrace your vision. And secondly, to primarily measure change of behavior instead of change of outcome. If you enjoyed this episode or even the series, please feel free to share, like and subscribe. With this minimal effort, you can actively contribute to the success of my podcast. Thanks for listening and I hope you join me next time when we're working on a very, very special episode about martial arts and rock stars. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud channels. More information on executive coaching and bookings can be found on true-leadership.com.